The goal is like, yeah, if Ridge could operate more like Feastables, Ridge would be a better business. When you make products, sometimes you have to make shitty products for a long time. <laughs> like, I'm sure Marquez could make amazing products if he put his time and energy into it, but he gets now the support of like, you know, we'll do a couple hundred million dollars this year and we don't have any boss. Hey, podcast listeners, Samir here. I'm joined by... You've got Colin. And this is Nate. Nate, you're back on the show. I am. We got another special episode. Uh, Nate, why don't you tee this one up? Yeah, so last week we interviewed Sean Frank, the CEO of Ridge. They're the company probably best known for their best-selling product, the Ridge Wallet. And they announced that they've brought on Marquez Brownlee, MKBHD, to join as creative partner and the sixth member of their board. It's a pretty historic deal and will probably influence the way in which companies the size of Ridge interact with creators and work with them moving forward. Especially if it does well, which is going to be something that we're all going to be watching. So this was a conversation you had with Sean for an issue of the newsletter, The Published Press. If you're not subscribed, subscribe. It's at thepublishedpress.com. But you recorded the conversation. We're going to play it for you all. And then we're going to come back and chat about it. It's fascinating. I think right off the bat, we'd love to talk, of course, about the news uh, that you all just announced. Before even getting into that, Ridge launched via a Kickstarter campaign in 2013, right? And I believe you joined the company as CEO in 2018. Over the years, you all have sponsored a ton of creators. Uh, I think I read in one interview that you worked with 750 YouTube creators across 3,000 unique videos in 2020 alone. What did you learn from all that time and money invested in, you know, marketing, partnering with YouTube creators specifically? Yeah. Uh, you know, I was looking at the, our P&L this morning for the past couple of years. I think, I think we've given $9 million directly to creators. And obviously it's over like the past couple of years, right? Um, but it probably did peak in 2020. We've been doing it since 2016. The reason we got started is like I watch a ton of YouTube. Like, you know, I'm I'm 29. So when I was like in middle school, YouTube came out. So it's just like always where I was spending time. And in 2012, 2013, 2014 with the rise of Instagram, you saw the rise of influencer and like capital I, like as, as a noun influencer. Um, and that was really a like Instagram phenomenon. It didn't really spill over into YouTube. We weren't the first people to sponsor YouTube videos, but like the mainstream, like industry side of sponsoring lots of YouTubers, like tracking it, like treating it like a like an official marketing channel. I think we were early to that. Us, Squarespace. But what did we learn? It's the best ad space that you can possibly have. People hate Facebook ads. <laughs> like people hate uh, YouTube pre-roll ads. People hate pop-up ads. So if you're trying to build goodwill, one of the few ways to do that is like creator influencer integrations, right? Like I bring up like Anthony Fantano. So we sponsored him from like probably 2017 to 2022. And it was like three videos or five videos a week, every single week, that entire time. Uh, and eventually you build goodwill with the audience, right? Like they're like, they're, if it's a smaller creator, they're excited to see their person get their first brand deal, right? Cause it's a very intimate platform. 
people are spending 45 minutes with creators like long form. It's so much different than a TikTok or, or you know, an Instagram Reels or Snapchat was hot at the time. Those things are so ephemerate, like they're here and then they're gone. Where like if you're watching long form, you know, uh, storytelling format, like you care about what that creator has to say, it is like the only thing similar to word of mouth. And it's kind of like word of mouth at scale. So that's like what we found and like and why it works and why it was such a big channel for us. The whole ecosystem got fucked up in 2021. So like <laughs> forever, Ridge operated on like a very steady state. Like we know we can make money doing this and like do it sustainably and consistently and not like just pop in and out of it with like five to $10 RPMs. That was like our sweet spot. So YouTube AdSense gives you like a, between like a two and a $10 RPM already. Sometimes it's higher if you're a finance creator. And like our brand deals just like add on to that. 30 second integrations, really low level of approval. We know that we could like typically make our money back doing that. In 2021, crypto and gambling took off and they just destroyed the whole ecosystem from our perspective. Like creators we would work with forever you know, we would give them a $10 RPM and they're like, hey, I'm getting a $1,000 RPM now, so you have to match that. And it's like, oh man, we cannot. But things have definitely got back to normal that like, you know, we're, we're back sponsoring channels and it's all kind of working out. I mean, I think something that Marquez said in uh, his tweet announcing the partnership was that, you know, what stood out to him about working with Ridge was that you all are a big enough company with a proven track record of, you know, shipping new products as well as just refining your current product suite, but you also act like a startup and you're nimble and you move quickly. And that was something that really appealed to him. And it sounds like that ethos has been kind of at the core of how you all have not only approached working with a lot of creators, but also it seems like that's something really integral to kind of the company's ethos, I guess. Yeah, look, we were 11 years old this year. Uh, we've never raised any money. So uh, six of us out now. So me, my CMO, the three original founders, and Marquez, like that's who's on the the cap table. And we've got here by kind of just doing whatever we want, right? Um, and I think we're the perfect size to do a deal like this, right? Like it's kind of like how Tiger went to go do his own brand. And it's because like Nike's not going to give him a meaningful stake in that business. They can't, right? And if he wants to own it and actually control it, like he can't do it with a Nike or, or a Callaway, right? He has to do his own his own brand. And I think we're the perfect size where we can structure a deal with Marquez where it's like, yeah, dude, you can have solid, meaningful ownership. You can have a lot of control of this business. You can tell us what what we need to improve and fix. And uh, he gets like the support of like, you know, we'll do a couple hundred million dollars this year and we don't have any boss. <laughs> like there's no, we don't have to hit quarterly earnings. We don't have like a, investors or, or the stock market to report to. So we can make sure we take our time and do everything, you know, as perfect as he wants it to be. This podcast is supported by our friends at Kajabi. Kajabi is one of the most significant brands in the creator economy. Creators have earned over $6 billion on the platform through selling courses and membership. And Colin, do you know how Kajabi was started? I don't. So the founder wanted to manufacture a toy for his kid, but over time realized that manufacturing and fulfillment was really complicated. So he actually ended up making a video about how to make toys and then realized there was no good way to sell knowledge-based videos online. So he built Kajabi. So the platform is actually built by an online creator. That's really cool. And it just makes me think about how many opportunities there are in education right now. There are so many things that people know 
that other people would love to learn, but that they just don't have access to. And I think online creators are the absolute best teachers right now. We all know how to engage an audience through video. When we were thinking about launching our course business, student experience was the number one thing we wanted to make sure was excellent. And after looking at all the options, Kajabi was the one that really stood out because of their templates as well as everything that's built in. We're able to offer worksheets, videos, live sessions, challenges, and even a built-in community all through Kajabi. So if you're interested in checking out Kajabi, go to kajabi.com slash Colin and Samir. All right, back to the episode. Winding the clock back a little bit. In August 2023, you tweet out, quote, I'm offering a million dollar contract to a content creator to come in house at Ridge. You know, you explain why across the tweet thread, you wanted to bring in someone who spent real time with the business, was incentivized for the product to improve, not just a celebrity endorsement who would show up for a photo shoot a couple times a year, collect a paycheck. Walk me through your mindset in putting this tweet out into the world. Were you expecting or hoping for a particular outcome? No, it's, you know, it's something I wanted to invest money in. I want us to get better at content, right? I think we're going to see a lot of brands die who can't tell a story. And Ridge got to where it is because like we were really good at digital marketing. Like that was like our core competency and other brands outsourced that. And that's why other brands went out of business or raised money or, or had to be venture backed, right? We got really good at digital marketing very early on. That was a core competency to be successful at D2C. And I think 2024 is the sort of a new era where that same core competency is now short form video in content production. And I'm mature enough to admit we do not have that in-house. Like we're, we're really good at making ads. We're really good at like, you know, web development and the same digital marketing skills, but we can't, we're not a creator led brand. We can't tell that story. So I wanted to find someone to help us do that. I'm like, Hey, look, I'm going to invest a million dollars in this. Like I'm, open to whoever. And we had like a lot of conversations, right? You know, around that same time we were talking to like UTA, CAA about like, okay, a celebrity partnership, you know, should it be Pedro Pascal or should it be that, that football player Gronk, whatever, <laughs> I can't remember his name, but like, you know, like that was, that was, who was getting pitched to us. And like, those deals are expensive. Like you don't really get that much of a deliverable out of it. Um, and I'm like, Hey, look, that's probably a very old way of thinking about it. Like, I think that's like a flash in the pan. Like, you know, Manscaped did Pete Davidson and like, you haven't heard anything about that. It was like just one at one time. So we wanted like a deeper integration and actually to like learn like what makes good content and like what, if I say I want to be a creator brand, what am I actually signing up for? I need someone to teach me that. So I did the tweet out there and I just wanted to in like, you want to dance with whoever wants to dance with you. So it's like, let's, who's interested? Like, and uh, we got a lot of great inbound. We talked to a lot of great people. I think I pitched Colin and Samir. I'm like, hey, you guys can have this job. Do you want it? They're like, ah, we're too busy. Coffeezilla, I hit him up. I was like, dude, do you want to do this? I'm like, it's pretty cool. Uh, he's like, ah, nah, it's a, it, he, he doesn't want sponsorships on his channel or whatever. We talked to a bunch of great TikTok creators and like just trying to figure out who makes the most sense for this. And, you know, we were getting down to making a selection, like uh, the, the tweet was out there in the world for 60 days or whatever. And I'm like, you know, we sponsored Marquez in the past. I'm just going to shoot it to him. Be like, hey, dude, are you interested? And he's like, I'm not interested in this particular deal, but I think we can work something out. And it took, it took a long time to get something that like we felt comfortable with and he felt like he could get behind. And uh, I think we signed the deal in December and we've just been like shooting content and like talking to his team. And that brings us to now. We're ready to bring it to, to life. So we hope it's a new chapter in, in Ridge and the stories we're able to tell. 
off of that, I think I saw you reply to uh, someone in the comments who was just essentially asking, you know, is this just going to be an extended sponsorship or is this like, is he actually going to be working at this company? And you kind of jokingly responded, like, why not both? And you screenshotted one of his videos where he has like ridge suitcases or backpacks or something like in his trunk. And you mentioned that Marquez originally said, as you're currently kind of structuring this, I'm not sure if this will work for me, but let's continue talking about it and developing the idea. Would love if there's kind of any insight to those conversations that you can provide, you know, in terms of what you were looking for, what he was looking for, and how it kind of, you were able to meet in the middle. Yeah, well, the, the original deal that I put out there was a million dollars for 10 hours of work a month over four years. That was the way the original thing was structured. And I mean, Marquez is probably like one of the top 10 most famous YouTubers of all time. And, and I, I just think his time is so restricted and pulled in so many different directions that like it just needed to be a, a, a different structure, right? He also has like a team that we could learn from and, and you know, a, a deep roster of like, I mean, he probably has like, I mean, 20 people that are like working on the MKBHD brand at, at, at any given point. So the way we ended up structuring it was, I mean, he's coming in as an investor. He's on the board. He ends up getting like a pretty meaningful chunk of the business, right? And then on top of that, we're going to continue being like a sponsor across, you know, all of his different channels, social posts, whatever else. But the more meaningful, deeper layer is like creating products together. Like that's what like we probably exceed at and like what I think a lot of creator brands struggle with, right? And like, you know, Jimmy and Feastables is the gold standard. Like, like he hired people from RX bars and has spent, you know, probably tens or if not $50 million developing this brand. It's really hard to do for a lot of other creator brands, right? Like they're day in and day out shooting content and creating best in class content. And when you make products, sometimes you have to make shitty products for a long time. <laughs> like that's like the secret of being a product brand is that like, it's very hard to come out of the gate with something that like, not only is like the highest quality standard possible, but can make money at decent margins at a price point people can afford. It's the reason why like Apple's been so dominant for 30 years is because the first five years they sucked, right? And so I'm sure Marquez could make amazing products if he put his time and energy into it, but he gets now to work with our product teams. We have a factory in Arizona, we have prototyping, and we just have capital to that type of stuff where, you know, if you want to make I mean, yeah, that's the thing. It's so expensive to make products, right? Like if you want to make a brand new to the world thing, you want to order 100,000 of them. It's like, okay, so it's it's between one and $5 million to get that thing made and delivered, right? And it's just, it's, it's a lot of capital output. So that's something we do really, really well. So we're making a lot of products together, not just like core accessory products, but we have like a couple different product lines we've been, we've been specking out. And we're going to do this for the next couple of years. So I think there'll be a lot to, to watch and see us develop. For sure. And even as you were talking about Apple per se, right, the five years they put into developing a product and just the fact that, you know, there's a lot of time and energy and uh, investment upfront that goes into developing new things. It kind of reminded me of like Paul Graham's essay, you know, do things that don't scale. Like no one ever remembers the first day, right? Like obviously it's great uh, in this regard, you know, we see an announcement. But even as you mentioned with uh, Pete Davidson and Manscaped, I believe, right? It's like, cool, what have they done since, you know? And in that regard, it sounds like that's such a big focus for you all in developing out Marquez's role within Ridge is just to 
really have him coming in the door, developing new products and obviously sharing his insights from the creative standpoint and you know helping usher Ridge into this next era of creator marketing. I guess to my last question I had for you, you know, zooming out a little bit, I believe I read in an interview uh, that you did that you said you wanna sell Ridge for a billion dollars in the next three years. How do you think working with a creator like Marquez helps you achieve this goal as a company? I'm gonna have I'm gonna have two points. The first point is about you know remembering the first day doing things that don't scale. Yeah, we waited like five months to announce this thing, right? We wanted to make sure we had not only content, but like we were working well together and like we were clicking as teams before we ended up going live with it. I think the worst thing you could do is rush one of these things. So we wanted to make sure we already had the pro, like product roadmaps and samples and everything in the works before we, we pulled the trigger on like telling everybody about it. Because I hate when people say things that, that they're going to do and then they end up not doing it. Like when I put that tweet out in the world, undoubtedly we were going to sign somebody. I'm like, I have a million dollars. I have to spend it on something. Like, let's figure it out. So I'm glad it worked out with Marquez. And then, you know, selling for a billion dollars, like, uh, I'm a big fan of manifesting stuff. So like I said, I wanted to sign Marquez, ended up doing it. And every time I said I was going to do something, people always fucking like try to make fun of me for it. Uh, I remember sitting with my CMO, Connor, this was like six years ago and being like, yeah, we'll get to hundred million dollars in revenue. And he's like, there's no way we're going to get to hundred million dollars selling wallets on the internet. And we did that like, you know, in, in 2021 or whatever. So I'm like, take that Connor, still my best friend, still talk to him all the time, but filling in the gaps there. My favorite brand of all time is James Purse. My favorite designer of all time is James Purse. He owns the whole thing. He's never raised any money. Every year they do $300 million in revenue. He pulls out like $50 million a year in profit. It is an amazing brand and he does whatever he wants to it. So he wanted to open a hotel in Cabo. He just bought a hotel in Cabo. Go on their website. It's the horrible shopping experience. Think like you have to call to buy certain things. It's like, yeah, like we want to make sure that like you're qualified to buy this, right? He still charges for shipping and everything's $500. So what I love about that is it's very authentic. Like he's not trying to be a private equity optimized business. He's just trying to run the best business possible. So if Ridge ends up being a James Purse, I'd be so, so happy because that's like what I would love is something like so authentically itself that it can just exist out there in the world. With that being said, I'm just super aware that there is a market for profitable accessories brands, right? And like the natural outcome here is selling to LVMH, Curing, Tapestry. There's like roll-ups of luxury accessories brands. And there's just a very clear path that like by 2026, we're probably doing close to a billion a year in revenue. Somebody's going to want to buy that thing. And, you know, if we sell it, not only will I be rich, I think Marquez will make make a, a, a decent chunk of money off it. So that's what we're shooting for. That was the majority of the questions I had for you. Did you have any other last thoughts or comments? No, I think this is going to be super common. Like, you know, a week ago, Ryan Trahan announced that he has a candy brand. And if you peel back the layers, it's a relaunch of a candy brand that's existed for the past couple of years, right? So we're already starting to see the shift from, you know, existing D2C brands or legacy brands, like becoming creator brands. It's a difficult journey. Everyone's always trying to get a piece of, of a celebrity, right? Like, I think that's like something I learned from this is that Marquez is flooded with people trying to get his attention all the time. And it makes it really hard to make thoughtful, impactful decisions. So he has like a great team. And I think he does a great job like getting down to the core of what matters. And 
I think that's why, you know, we end up working really well together, but we're going to see a lot more of these like creator embraced brands and we have to come up with a term with it. I don't know what it's going to be, but the goal is like, yeah, if Ridge could operate more like Feastables, Ridge would be a better business, right? If we could actually like go out there and tell a story and get people bought in, I think it would help us create better products for more people. And I think people would like us more. So that's what we're working on. I mean, even bringing up Trahan and Joyride, right? Like obviously we chatted with him and uh, covered it in the newsletter last week, but I think it really just plays into this aspect. Uh, you know, something we certainly talk about in the studio a lot is just that the creator economy isn't going to be just the creator economy, this niche thing anymore moving forward. It's just going to be the economy, right? And I think everything you just uh, outlined and uh, pointed to is very much playing into uh, just where all companies are kind of moving towards moving forward. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat today, Sean, and uh, enjoyed hearing all about the recent partnership. Cool, Nate. Appreciate the time, dude. Talk to you later. So guys, I got to ask after listening to that conversation, how do you feel about passing on the deal? (laughs) It was funny that he brought that up. I was wondering if he was going to bring it up that we actually met with him and their whole team about this deal. Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, I think Sean and the Ridge team are just like excellent operators and they've built a great brand. Um, it, it It's funny because I texted Sean on um, the Monday before the deal was announced just to go like, hey, how's it going? Did you ever did you ever work a deal out with a creator? And he responded to me and he was like, just wait. And I was like, oh boy, okay, you got a big one. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was kind of heartbreaking that I knew it wasn't exactly right for us because I loved the idea. It sounded so fun from a creative perspective to get to you know, add creative direction, create videos and photos for these products. And it sounded like potentially like a very one-of-a-kind financial opportunity in the creator space, considering uh, they don't have a bunch of investors and they make really good money every yeah. year. I mean, I will say during that coffee, we said the ideal candidate for this is Marquez Brownlee. Yeah, and we knew it. And it was- we knew it. And we were like, if you can do a deal with Marquez, do the deal with Marquez. I think these opportunities, you know, will continue to come about. And I think this is the right way to interact with a company as a creator, uh, if you are capable of it. And so, yeah, I, I, I look back on it and there's days where I'm like, man, that would have been really fun. But I know that Marquez is the right creator for this deal. He has the perfect audience for yeah. it. And he has the right infrastructure. Yeah. Like his team creates incredible product videos every single day. That's what they live and breathe. Like they live and breathe physical product. It's perfect. Yeah, I guess too, like on the one hand, you know, especially talking with Sean and getting some insight into what went into bringing Marquez on, you know, Ridge, he talks so much about RPMs and how long they've been working with YouTube creators since 2016, right? I really love this line he had that they discovered early on that working with creators is equivalent to word of mouth marketing at scale. You know, so on the one hand, it's like a company like Ridge or Manscaped or Squarespace that's been working with creators for as long as they have is like uniquely positioned to take on this kind of role, you know, take on this kind of creative partner like Marquez. On the other hand, too, we just saw a better for you candy company, Joyride, bring on Ryan Trahan as an investor and co-owner to pretty much help relaunch that brand. So what do you think is the path we maybe see moving forward that every company, if they're flexible or creative enough, will be able to integrate creators somehow and become a creator-led brand? Or do they have to have some sort of knowledge or insight 
into how the YouTube world works. They're going to have to be at a similar organization. They're going to have to be similar from a structure perspective to Ridge or pretty flexible. I don't think like a large corporation can really engage with creators in an effective way. I think they have to be small enough uh, to be able to move. Early on, Colin and I met with Nike when we were in the sports, you know, when we were doing lacrosse. And I remember they described Nike as a massive cruise liner. For Nike to be able to turn, it took a really long time. And they said startups are more like speedboats, right? They can pivot and move and be flexible. And I think startups with enough capital like a Ridge and enough scale like a Ridge can do these deals with creators because they're flexible and they have enough cash to make it worth the creator's while. And that's really important. Speaking of Nike, I also thought it was really interesting when he brought up Tiger Woods saying with a company as big as Nike, even someone like Tiger can't get enough equity. Like it can't actually be worth it as he's looking at making a new deal. And that is something very specific to Ridge and Marquez Brownlee. And you're mentioning structure. Like they're at a point in their business when they can actually, they can actually give Marquez meaningful equity, mm -hmm. right? For him to really take this seriously and spend a lot of time in their business. I also think that's kind of required because a creator introducing a partnership like this to their audience is a pretty big move. And I think you do have to play in the upside because there's also splash value in just the announcement. Like just the, the, the pure announcement of Ridge and Marquez has so much value that I think you have to become, you know, some level of owner as you're entering into a partnership like this. And you have to mitigate risk in the deal because when you have essentially a faceless brand like Ridge and someone with an incredibly well-known face like Marquez comes on board, he becomes the surface for whatever happens with Ridge. Sure. That's a reality that mm -hmm. like if something goes wrong, they're like, oh, well, that's Marquez's company. If something goes right, that's Marquez's company. I think that's less for Marquez and Ridge than it is for Ryan and Joyride. I think Joyride- And Jimmy and Feastables. And Jimmy, Jimmy and, so that's the spectrum. Jimmy and Feastables is build the company in-house. Ryan and Joyride is become a partner in the company and become the face of it. And Marquez is take a board seat and become like a executive at the company. The part of the deal, I, we didn't get the full ins and outs of the deal, but the part of the deal that I really liked was that Ridge is going to be an advertiser with Marquez Brownlee, that they are honoring buying advertising on his channel. And I think that's a really important component. Like there's a mix of equity, which is, okay, potential upside in the future of this. If Ridge goes public or if Ridge sells to an LVMH or something, Marquez gets to participate in the upside of it. But along the way, Ridge is going to be an advertiser in Marquez's videos. That provides cash to Marquez and feeds his business model of being a video maker. And I really appreciate that. I think that's that's a great structure for the deal. Yeah, as opposed to equity means you will give Ridge uh, advertising slots on the channel. Yeah, and I yeah. think that comes from Sean and the Ridge team being embedded in the creator space for years. Like we did an ad with Ridge. It was a great experience. I think being embedded in the in the creator economy and understanding creators, that's when they can recognize like it's not just an equity deal. There's there's other components to this. Where do you think creators go or what's the first step? If you're a creator and you think you're at a point where you could do a deal like this, you could partner with another company, how do you even find these types of deals? Because Sean and Ridge did something very unique over a year ago, putting out a tweet saying we're going to offer a creator a million dollars or whatever it was. 
Like they made a loud sort of splash on Twitter saying like, hey, we're looking for a creator. Yeah, I think these deals find you. I don't think you find these deals because Sean also DM'd this to Marquez and said, would you do this? So, and and Ryan, similarly, Joyride reached out to him about a partnership. So like, I think these deals find you because the people at the company have to be open to doing a deal like this. Otherwise, you're fighting an uphill battle going to a company and, and pitching it. You shouldn't, you shouldn't like take that as prescriptive advice to not do it, but I think these deals find you. Yeah, and I mean, do you think there's really only a certain amount of creators at this point who have the leverage to do a deal in the sense of what Marquez did or what Ryan did? Because, you know, we talk about not only the value of just ad slots on Marquez's content, right? It's that dynamic that Sean identified early on. They always wanted to give creators their first brand deal because they knew their audience was going to root for them. They're going to be so pumped because Colin and Samir got a Ridge deal. Mm -hmm. You know, that was a really interesting insight for just doing a ton of brand deals. But when you're bringing on the big creative partner, there's only a select amount of creators right now who probably have the leverage or even audience yeah. that's required in order to for that to make sense, right? I would agree with that. I think a lot of these deals, though, are also probably happening in industries that we're not following. You know, I like. I think we cover these types of deals occasionally in the press. Um, there was a story I remember about a hunting channel mm -hmm. that acquired this like smaller uh, hunting outfitting company, right? Like, I feel like uh, I'm sure these types of partnerships and deals are happening, and some of them aren't making the big headlines. Yeah, or you think about Epic Gardening, you know, great example, and, and, and like acquiring a seed company. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I agree. I think they're probably happening in more niche spaces, but this is a big one. Like you, you also, you talk about Ryan and Marquez. Those are two of the biggest creators on the platform. They reach tens of millions of people on a weekly basis. So it's like all these companies are trying to lower their, their customer acquisition costs and also have more effective versions of customer acquisition. I thought one of the best parts of this conversation was when he brought up Manscaped and Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson is a big celebrity. People know his name. But that is nowhere near as effective as Ridge and Marquez Brownlee. Not mm. even close. And also he straight up said, like, where is that now? And I think that if you want to sell anything, it's about like having a format and a space where you are showing up on a regular basis, where people are used to coming to you. That's why podcasting is so effective when it comes to advertising. It's because like every Monday I tune into X podcast. And if they're bringing up Athletic Greens over and over again, at some point, it's like a friend bringing up Athletic Greens. I'm going to listen to it. I had Athletic Greens this morning. Exactly. So Probably yeah. because you first heard it on a podcast. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of wrapping up here, another big headline, along with Ryan and Joyride and Marquez and Ridge, was Kai Sinat signing with Nike. And, you know, again, we've talked about Nike in the podcast talks about Tiger leaving Nike to start his own brand he has more control over. Which is a better deal? Kai Sinat signing as one of many endorsers for Nike or Marquez Brownlee signing on to be the face of Rich? I, I think they're uh, very, very different creators in that I'm not 100% positive that Kai can sell product. I think Kai can sell culture. And I think Nike is looking to align themselves with people who can impact culture. I think Marquez can sell products. We've all been waiting to buy products from Marquez. And accessories are fantastic products for, for Marquez. So I think those are very different deals. I think if you are a creator who can move product, 
making your own company is not, I don't think it's going to be the trend moving forward. I don't think the Feastables, you know, Jimmy's a unicorn. I don't think we're going to see more Feastables like that. I think we're going to see more joy rides and ridge deals where a creator is partnering into a pre-existing company. We might even see acquisitions where creators are able to acquire it, but they need operators. They need people who can actually move the product, create the product, sell the product, do shipping, fulfillment, customer service, all that. That should not be the creators. So yeah, I would say those are very different. Uh, if you can move product, the Ridge deal probably has longer term upside. He could stop making videos and he's on the board of a, a massive company. So this story came out first in the published press. The press moves pretty fast. We send three issues a week, three stories each, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So make sure you subscribe to the published press. And if you want to submit a story yourself or someone that you think we should speak to for an episode like this, you can reach out at hi at thepublishedpress.com. Yeah, always looking for new stories and to uh, chat with you all. One day we'll find our ridge. One day. If you're our ridge and you're out there. <laughs> if you're our ridge, let reach us out to us. <laughs> but seriously, congrats to Sean and, and Marquez. This is a really, really great deal. I can't wait to see what happens next. But seriously, if you're our ridge, <laughs> just reach out.